girlfriend did me wrong. I swear to God that every girl after that I was gonna do them wrong. Different bitch in my bed every night, but I still be feeling alone. Matter of fact, I'm finna be with one probably right after I finish this song. That's my dog. He gon' ride off the leash. He gon' slide. She know I cheat. She know I cheat. She know I lie. I be geek. All right, what's up? We are back here in the break room. Me, Charles Carter the third, my boy Evan Schumard through the screen. What's goody? Uh, yeah, we are back for episode Vinkte Ocho 28. Von Quit. Von Quit. Yeah, yeah. So I said through the screen earlier, right? So because we are coming to you through Zoom. Yeah, so some stuff happened with me. Evan, you know, I already told you, man, the radiator on my truck is tripping. Like, uh, I don't know if it's a hole in the radiator or it's a hole in the, the tank that holds my coolant. Whatever it is, it's my truck overheating, so I can't even put it on the road right now. So... We couldn't link up in the studio, but we're going to get this episode to you some way or another. So it's going to be through Zoom this time. Hey, low key, it's probably for the best that like we weren't able to get to the studio because I went by there earlier today. Man, they had no lights, no water and no AC. It was sure. like 80 something in the building. I was sweating after being there for like five minutes. I, I wasn't I wasn't playing, playing around with that. But uh, yeah, so it, hey, th- this might be for the best for today. <laughs> Max, that studio's already hot too, man. So yeah, I was just about to say, man, we already begin a little warm up in there. Regardless, man, after I promise you, if we were in there for five minutes, it would felt like we would like be just trapped in hell with Satan himself, bro. Bro, now that you said it, bro, I couldn't even imagine being in that room, man. But on the side, no, man, you ever had brown rice before? Brown rice? Oh yeah, I eat brown rice all the time. Okay, see, that's not a thing I do all the time. Me in the room, man, man. So. I like right before when we was doing some prep work for the episode, like, you know, we had cooked some weekend. Well, he cooked the fish. We had some rice, bro. We used to do white rice. Mm-hmm. But it's brown. Like, it's almost crunchy damn near. Like, I don't know what. I don't know. If it was I don't think y'all cooked it long enough then. <laughs> be it, right? I, I guess so, man. Because I'm like, it was cool. You know what I mean? I ate it because I didn't have nothing else to eat. But, Yeah. Uh, yeah, now the brown rice I begin is like that, like five minute brown rice, man. You throw that thing on the you know, on the stove, and that that thing be done real quick, and it'd be perfect. Oh, it's the instant rice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, bet yeah. I probably had to get on that, man, since it's healthier or something like that, you know. Yeah, most definitely a little, little cleaner, you know. <laughs> yeah, facts. And so, bro, we was talking about something earlier. We hinted at something earlier. Like, what I said earlier, mean like last episode. <laughs> we get on uh, the rappers. Those who don't know, me and Ra- me and Evan, we are rap fans, right? And so, some things we used to talk about, you know, who's better than who, who can do this, who's, you know, just other, just a whole bunch of you know, your classical questions that you ask about different rappers, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, Evan, I'm gonna go and let you talk about what city you are representing today. Uh, I am representing the great city of Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, and I'll be bringing Chirac, I'm about to say Chirac, Chicago to the table. <laughs> you know, I, I'll, I'll let you go first. So how you want to do this, man? We didn't even talk about how you want to do it. So you want to go like rapper for rapper or like, are we going to popularity? We I, so, you know, if you want to go rapper for rapper, I definitely don't think you want those problems. But Atlanta um, got way too many rappers. <laughs> How about this? Let, let, let's do it with like, you know, you got that murder music, street music, whatever you want to call it. Um, then we can go just like overall, like maybe you, whether, whether you dictate as more like lyrical guys, more club guys, but like, let, let's separate those two. Cause those are two totally different, uh, 
vibes. You know what I'm saying? That is true. That is definitely true. Okay, okay. So I guess first category. First category, we can go with um, what you said, club, street music. Uh, Let's go street like, music first. Okay, street music. Harder bars with the street music. I'm going to go, ooh, that's tough. That's tough. That's like everybody. Since we've wrapped a little bit of his in our bloopers, I'm going to go Montana at 300. A Mon- Montana is uh, very, very slept on. Uh, uh, bro, a mixtape king. For real, for real. Like second, I'm talking about like almost like uh, right behind Lil Wayne as far as like being a mixtape king. Oh, hey, no, Lil Wayne is, is miles and miles past most people, bro. Bro, you know what I'm saying? Like, Wayne with the wordplay, but we ain't talking about New Orleans. But anyway, Montana 300. So many bars. You've all probably heard it. But uh, uh, his probably best song ever of uh, uh, remixing was Chirac. And that is, that is definitive facts. It's like, it's easily. You can, it's, it's so many. Every bar is something you would say. Like, I've been balling, could have skipped college. I'm a bad boy with that big pop. 12 gauge when I headshot him, bust his head yeah, open like a kid. Got it like Percy Mill. I've been about it. Come find your ass like Ben Laden. Bro. I kill a clown over my guala. Don't give a fuck about $10. Bro, so do you think, I'm trying to think, I might use that for the exit song after this one, for the intro. Hey, I don't know if these people are ready for that, man. Yeah, we're going to see. That's some that's aggressive <laughs> music right there. That's some aggressive music. Okay, so who is your rebuttal to match Montana 300 as far as like street balls? All right, so you know what, Montana's like you know one of the, you know one of the better street rappers, but he's not one of the best. So I'm gonna come with somebody who's who, who who's kind of like that in the same same light, but he's a um, ah, who do I want to go first to match against that? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Waka Flocka. You what, Flocka? Come on, bro. Come on now. You mean to tell me when Harden the Paint came on back in the day, you wasn't ready to smash your head through somebody's locker, bro? Yes, bro. His music was super turnt. Like, it was, I would almost say Walker could have been like a club banger. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, true. I mean, but like, yeah, so beats wise, yes, because, you know, I think we talked about this before. The way like Atlanta rap is, like, it just sounds different than, um, than, uh, Chicago rap, but. Yeah, I mean, Flocka makes some 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 hustling music. Let me just say that, you know. It can be it can be hustling music. Oh, okay. Well, I guess okay. So my, if I say Montana 300 is murder music, who would you who would you put up for that? Would it still be Walker? Uh, you know what? A straight murder music, bro. Young Nudie. I was, I was, I knew you had to pull out Nudie. You had to. Ah, I, I didn't want to pull him out this early. I didn't want to pull him out this early. I know you did. I had to force you play your ace, man. <laughs> oh no, no, no! We, 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 we got some more. Don't worry, don't worry about that. You got to yeah. Look, and I'm, I can't even lie to the public, man. I am a Nudie fan. You know what I mean? Like I remember when I first met Evan. We first had our first conversation. He was playing first day out. <laughs> and so, what was it? Or was it loaded baked potato? It was one of the two. Hey, it was probably first day out knowing me. Yeah, man. So, uh, Nudie is a solid. Okay, if we're gonna be honest, if we're gonna be honest, when we talk now, if we were to go bar for bar with them, like both. As far as griminess, I would say they're equal. I think Nudie has a, little, a lot more consistency, though. Yeah, true, true. 
if we talking about who has better bars, who would you say that? So better bars, I would say, is Montana. But Montana hasn't really put out music like that more recently. So, you know, the, the recency bias, you know, is going to say like, oh, you know, Nudie's more popping now and stuff. But, you know, my Montana's time was uh, a little before Nudie. So that's I, I don't really think that's a great argument. But I think that Nudie's music, like overall, he has better music. Like if you look at his whole discography, I would take Nudie's. But uh, the top tier for... Um, for uh, Montana is uh, is very noted. See, that's why I was saying, like, for Nudie, like I said, he's way more consistent. Like, Holy Ghost, bro, he he does something on that one, too, bro. Oh, that was different. That song was just different. But, but Nudie? Man, you got First Day Out, bro. That song in itself just makes you go, bro, I don't know if you know Cancer Stick, No Pressure. That song goes crazy. Hell Shell. Man, he got GTA freestyle. He's shooting up. He talking about shooting at grandmas and kids and going on about his day like it ain't nothing. He does the same thing on Cap Dem. Talk about shooting at kids on drive-bys and they just happen to be in the way. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Nudie grimy, grimy, bro. 70% of Nudie Land was just ruthless. Yes. Like, ruthless. Like, yeah, it was complete slaughter, man. And I, I, I'm i with but, it. I'm with it. Uh, okay, so Club Bangers. Club bangers. You would go club bangers after that. Uh, who would be your first one you put up? So club bangers, first one I'm putting up for the for the streets of ATL. Lil John. Let's go with the classic, right? Let's go with the classic right here. Okay. Ah, ah, I can't even. Bro, hey, back in the day when everybody was two stepping and jigging, man, Lil John was running the whole country. That's true. You got snap your fingers, do you still? You can do it out by yourself. Let me see you do it. Hey! Yeah! Yes, sir. Sir. sir! He really gonna step on whoever I put up there. Hey, yeah, I say, Lil, Lil John is, uh, is, uh, that's classic right there, man. Yeah, it's it's hard to put up with that. I mean, man, you got what you gonna do. Man, what else he got? Get low, um, throw it up. Oh, hold on, hold on. I got a few cl- I, got, I got, okay. I didn't want to bring him out this early, but easily. You already know who I'm going. I can go Kanye. Hey, yo, what the fuck? Ah, man, if you throw Kanye out against Lil John, bro, I'm watching you, bro. I'm watching you. Oh, man, you got It's Amazing. You got Power. You got uh, Welcome to the Good Life. But, see, see, that's like, that's more like. It's chill, but it, it does get played in the club. Yeah, but but Lil John, bro, you cannot any point between two thousand and like two and now you gonna hear at least one Lil John song in the club. True, and that's just nowadays you gonna hear that. Back in the day, bro, you probably would have. When we was jits, bro, we were probably like ten years old when Lil John was at his height. Man, we don't even know nothing about what was going on in the clubs then. <laughs> but I know they was playing his music. <laughs> they did play Lil John music, you know, before they, you know. What, didn't he get a trip for like pedophilia or something like that? I don't even know. I don't know. I can't remember. I know he went to jail for something. He was like the art, you know, the art killer that, you know, people decided to lock away. Hey, hey, hey. Now, let's not be putting Jonathan H. Smith in the same conversation as Robert Kelly over here, man. <laughs> Fighting for my life. Y'all killing me with this. This is hilarious, man. <laughs> okay, okay. After that, oh, after that. All right, let's. If we go back to street music, I'm gonna put one up and I'm gonna see who he put against it. Okay. Twenty one. Oh. 
Oh, oh, that I, I got this person I'm gonna name is nowhere near as popular. You know what I mean? Because they just didn't have that that long mainstream run. Mm, I think I know where you're going with this. It's really, it's like two of them, really. It's three of them. Really. Okay. Go ahead and put grandson up. I already know you are. Go ahead and put him up. I can put Lil Dirk. Ah, uh, you putting Dirk? Okay, okay. I can put Dirk. Dirk really not gonna have the same bars as Twenty One. Or Dirk is way is way more grimy than Twenty One than Twenty One is. Twenty One early on was a lot more savage. Then he kind of went mainstream and he got a little less. He got more. I'm trying to make. You can it. say the same thing about um about Dirk. I mean, okay, Dirk, Dirk, Dirk has been very like, and I do like Dirk's music. So this is not a, like a diss to him. This is why I like him so much because he's so versatile. He's not a bro. He hasn't been a drill rapper since like 2014. Everything he's really put out since then has been, you know, kind of like that. More, I put that more in that club music or like you know more like vibe and type type stuff because. That last album, um, the "Thanks for uh, Waiting" or what? What's the uh, tape he just dropped called? Um, I know which one. You t- Bro, that that one is kind of like he got a girl now, man. It's his music. Is- he been had a girl. He date. He literally has a song called um, with Dave's Love, the Shawty Mabianse. Darker and days, darker and days. Bro, come on now. <laughs> But I mean, I get it, yeah, because like tw- twenty one kind of, uh, they both kind of had a, a lane switch, which is cool because you know you gonna rap about what you got going on in your life, yeah. Just just because y'all waited too is what I was uh, thinking of. Okay, okay. If I was to, okay, if I was to say make somebody even more grimy, and then twenty one, I could throw King Von. See, see, that's who I thought you was gonna go with the first. I thought you was gonna grandson. I wanted to save him though. I wanted to save him. See, all right, all right see, so so you putting up Von. I put, I'll put up Vaughn. I'll put up Vaughn. One only got really popular after he really, after he died. So if we just talking just straight street music, trap music, murder music, all that, you put up Vaughn, give me Young Scooter, the king of the streets. Oh, give, give me him. I forgot about Scooter. Hey, hey you can't forget about, hey, Zone 6, hey, bro, Zone 6 itself could probably take on, oh, you know, God. Oh, block. Oh, for sure. Bro, for what? sure. Mm. Bro, I, I, I'm talking about just artists. If you want to talk about like artists, bro, Zone 6 is, is washing O-Block. Because they got so many rappers. Yeah, because you got like... They so deep. Zone 6 is... Yeah, bro, I got put people I ain't even named yet. I've just been waiting. To, I, just got, I just got people in my back pocket ready to go. Okay, Atlanta rap, they are like the deep... Atlanta's like the mecca for rap. Like, Yeah, facts. They have... They put, they put out so many artists like all the time. So it's like, if I was to, we was to put out rapper for rapper, you know what I mean? I could never win because Atlanta just got that many people like in their arsenal, you know what I mean? But if we was talking like the height of somebody, like okay, if I was to put out somebody else, let's say, uh, let's say uh, for nostalgic purposes, our, our age group, right? Yeah. If I was to throw out Chief Keith, yeah. Who would you throw up for that? Thug. Yes. Damn it. Damn it. So, bro, like, so the thing is, besides Thug, he's the first rapper outside of East Atlanta that I've named. I, I, I've just been sticking in one spot because I, I, so far, I named, uh, I had Nudie and Scooter that I put up. A, A, and A. 
I mean, I did say Flock at first, and uh, yeah. Flock is from Riverdale, so. I can't even argue with Thug. Then Thug is a lot more popular. Yeah, Thug, bro. And he, you see, Thug make all type of music, so I was ready to put him really anywhere. But and Thug is one of my favorite artists. Like, yeah, he, he's very, very well versed. All right, so um, let's go. Right, let's go a couple more. All right, give me um, give me one street and give me one club. Mm, okay, give me um. Oh, he ain't got a lot of time, but give me give me G Herbo for the street. Yeah, that's, that's a good me, pick. Give me Kanye for the club. You you gonna you gonna pick top Kanye twice? Uh, I did say him earlier, huh? Yeah, I did say uh, Kanye earlier. Okay, okay, okay. Give me um, man, give me Twister. Okay, all right, yeah, hey, hey, hey. Twister, Loki, spit. Yeah, give me Twister for the club. Okay. Okay. All right, bro. For the for the streets, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Jeezy. You keep taking it back. Oh, so they, Mr. Yeah. Snowman himself, man. Get with him. Mr. Snowman himself. And then for the club, give me the go of the city. Give me future. <laughs> Sensational. And, and just like Twenty One said the other day, ain't nobody bigger in Atlanta than Future. He bigger than Drake. Bro, I still got so many names that I'm waiting to use over here. I'm waiting on you to give me some more competition, bro. Ooh. All right, all right. How, how about this? Just to kind of make this go by a little quicker, I, I, I'm gonna name an artist and you give me uh, who you put back for them. Okay. All right, all right. So, Ti. No. <laughs> Ti. Ah, uh, that see, that would have been. I don't have nobody. Hey, all right, Gucci. What about Gucci, man? About Gucci? Yeah. Old and new. Well, I guess they're all the same, huh? Yeah, hey, it don't matter. Mm. Oh, I forgot about... Okay, oh, man, I missed it. I said, you said club bangers. I, I completely forgot about this person. Completely forgot. Who you got? It was R. Kelly. That's stupid. Use your common sense. So nobody got club bangers like R. Kelly. Brad, you, you bringing an R&B singer in... Man. I have to, bro. I have to. I don't have enough rappers. I don't have enough rappers. Like, it sounds like to me you can see them, cause man, I still ain't even named Lil Baby. I got Big Draco, Soldier Boy. I-, I was waiting to use him on some funny shit. I ain't gonna lie. Not Soldier Boy, tell him. Not Big yeah, Draco. Hey. I go by the bitch. Tear my swag on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I still got two chains, man. I got trouble. I'll take the L. I'll just take the L for time. I got Childish Gambino. Childish Gambino. Outca- I got Outcast. I got three stacks. I didn't even name three stacks. Like I said, I got all the Migos for the club. Uh, Chicago. Yeah, I mean, hey, bro. Hey, hey. You wanted to smoke? Uh, I'm just here to provide it, man. <laughs> for street rappers, though. Street rappers is kind of close, but I think that if you just want to go straight lyrics, like Chicago's probably a little more grimier because Chicago's big on like sn- self snitching. Um, yeah, that's bad. That's bad. But in Atlanta, they just have better producers, so the music sounds better. Like Future and Kanye would be the biggest battle, right? And that's because both of them have like great lyrics and great like beats, mm-hmm. and it's produced well. Cause I mean, little baby, bro. Like, and Gucci nowadays, like they're they're going hard right now. Thug is, you know, he's been on a long run and everything. 
scooter like for the streets and you got trouble too like they make you know real music too and stuff so hey you know you know, yeah, I, I hope whether you'd have been got Pee Wee Longway for a second. Bro, I, I had him waiting too, bro. But like, you, I didn't even have to go that deep into the bag. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I probably would have brought out Polo G for Pee Wee. Yeah. Low key, well, uh, I wanted to go with Lil Baby, but like, I was like, Lil Baby kind of make that like blend music between like street music and club music. I guess he's, he's well versed too. That's the thing about Atlanta rappers is they can do everything. Mm, yeah. Chicago's kind of one branded. I'll be honest. Hey, this is fun. Hey, I think, you know, we, we should come up with two other cities next week and uh, put them up head to head. Thanks, man. We can do that. Hey, man. But uh, everybody, to everybody that's listening, man, follow us on the Breakroom HOU on Twitter and the.breakroom.podcast, man. That's been all for this first segment. We'll be right back, man. Take it easy. We are back in the break room. Break's over. It's me, Charles Carter III, my, my guy, through the screen, Evan Schumer, man. We are back for the second segment of the Break Room Podcast. Welcome back. First thing hey, we, we, we had a nice little conversation, you know, in the first time. Uh, I felt like it was it was constructive, you know, it, it was entertaining, and I'm uh, ready to get into some sports now. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks, Tickler. We're going to get into some real sports. Now. So, first thing we want to start off with, so what's the NBA? NBA released a statement earlier today. It said any player who elects not to comply with local vaccination mandates will not be paid for those games that he misses. This was by the NBA spokesman, Mike Bass. So when we think about, you know, the mandates, I mean, dealing with COVID, of course, right? Mm-hmm. It's only two cities that made those mandates, New York City and then San Francisco. And so the reason this is so big is because these two teams are probably Brooklyn and well, Brooklyn, the Knicks, and you have um, Golden State and Golden State and Oakland. Mm-hmm. So with these teams, you have like some high profile stars who are going to probably mispay those people who aren't vaccinated, who are going to mispay for practicing in their own stadium or why not practicing having games in their own stadium, which is going to be primary of their season. Like big stars that, that just come to mind, you have Andrew Wiggins with the Golden State and then Kyrie Irving with Brooklyn. So if like tell me, man, what do you think this really means for those teams and those those players specifically? Well, for Andrew Wiggins, unfortunately, means that he'll probably be traded sooner than we might have thought. Um you know, whether the players want to be vaccinated or not, we're not here to talk about that. I'm not trying to get political with anything. People can choose, do what they want to do. Um, Kyrie, though, I feel like this is a little more interesting for Kyrie. Um, I wonder if Kyrie, let's say if he chooses not to get vaccinated, then will they make an exception for him? I feel like they just might. And well, in what way? Like, what would the exception kind of be? Like, the, like the league itself, or? No, I feel like the just the city will be like, all right, like we're just not gonna enforce it on Kyrie. They're not gonna like press the issue. But I mean, I say that now. I'm thinking about it. Then there's gonna be so many cameras on him. People are gonna be asking him about his vaccination status and everything. But it's just gonna be another distraction coming from Kyrie Irving, which 
it seems like everything that's involved with Kyrie has nothing to do with what he's doing on the floor and everything to do with what's going on outside of the building. So when we were talking about this past week on our last episode, that they had entertained, Brooklyn Nets had entertained a trade with for Ben Simmons involving Kyrie. Do you think if he continue, I want to say continues, but, you know, doesn't want to get vaccinated in the upcoming season, do you think that's kind of going to influence that possible reopening of a trade? That Because at that point, I feel like even though Katie kind of shut down the trade possibilities last time, would there really be anything he can do because he won't get vaccinated? Uh, you know, that's a great question. I don't, I think KD will still fight for Kyrie. I think he wants him there. He went there for a reason to play with Kyrie initially before James Harden even got there. I, I don't think he's going to get traded because of this. If, I mean, I really can't see him getting traded this year at all. Cause I think they want to see what it looks like with all three of them actually playing healthy together. If we do get the opportunity to see that this year, I think Kevin Durant will fight for Kyrie I think Kyrie will stay in net. And I think that, I mean, I'm not going to say that New York city, I mean, cause like these are both huge cities. I'm not going to say that they're going to change their policies anytime soon, but like so many of, you know, mandates and this and that have changed multiple times. So like the NBA, you know, the games don't start for another like three weeks. Who's to say that, you know, nothing won't change in that meantime, you know? Yeah. And another thing that's really funny about this, or I want to say funny, but interesting is that Golden State and Brooklyn, these are two teams that were interested in Ben Simmons. They all kind of sit around Ben Simmons or were kind of looking for that trade because I know they're, uh, Golden State already kind of made an offer for Ben Simmons, but mm-hmm. they just wanted too much. They wanted Andrew Wiggins along with James Wiseman and a couple of draft picks, which was just entirely too much, right? Yeah. Most definitely. And it seemed like Brooklyn was really not from just what what we heard from that report by Stephen A, that it might have been just a straight up trade for Kyrie for Ben Simmons. That's at least what that's what it sounded like. We don't know all the details, but that's what it sounded like. Yeah. So do yeah, you, that's pretty much what I got out of that too. Yeah. And so with Andrew Wiggins being I mean, obviously a lesser piece than Kyrie and KD, we know he's going to fight for Kyrie because he already did it once. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this will make it more likely that Ben Simmons could be moved to Golden State? Because we know that Golden State was, was pursuing him heavily. I don't. I don't think so. I think the Ben trade is not going to – I don't know if it's going to go to one of the teams that we've been talking about already because, like you said, they want so much, and they want their, you know, first overall pick from a couple years ago. They want a couple more first-round picks. They want Andrew Wiggins, who's a former first overall pick. I just think it's – I think that haul will be too much. They would have to come down on their price a lot. Like, James Wiseman would not have to be involved at all. I think Wiggins could still be involved in that because he's a valuable trade piece to go along with draft picks, but – uh, the whole Ben Simmons trade, I, the more I look at it, like there is a way for him to fit into this Golden State offense. He's not the greatest fit, though. You have to like make it work. So do, does Steve Kerr and, you know, Clay Thompson, Draymond and Steph want to change up their offense to fit for Ben Simmons? I, at this point, I'm leaning more towards no. Well, what do you think? Yeah, I don't think that really changed too much because 
I'm trying to think, how could you use Ben Simmons? You 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 doesn't because you would have Ben Simmons and Draymond on the floor at the same time. Um, I don't know because like okay, because look, in my mind, Ben Simmons is really just a better Draymond. In my mind, that's that's as far as like how that game goes. Ben Simmons can drive on anybody. He's a great defender, and so he's just like Draymond. He can facilitate, but he's taller and more athletic. So I'm thinking, why don't they just kind of use Ben Simmons like a almost like a Giannis? Maybe don't have him bring the ball to the court. Have him play down low, get him close to the book, and make, make him comfortable. You know what I mean? Back in Philly, they were almost required just maybe just a little bit too much of Ben Simmons. You know, though he was a point guard, he had to do point guard things. Well, if he, if he's supposed to be a point guard, but he can't play point guard in the NBA, well, make him something, give him a lesser role where he doesn't have to bring the ball to the court and make um, have a, such a heavy offensive, you know, offensive role. You know, because he won't have that in Golden State. You got Clay and Steph, and then you have James Wiseman getting better. You know, so. It seems like a perfect rotation. They could almost make him like the, because I doubt they're gonna. They would bench Draymond for Ben Simmons. I doubt that, and I doubt you would have uh, Draymond and Ben Simmons on at the same time. So it's like you could make somebody like a, just almost like how they did back in uh, was it twenty fifteen and twenty seventeen, have them like a. I think it was 2015. Make him like your, even though they got, they got Iguodala back. Like the new Iguodala, like your almost, they're almost six or seven starters almost, you know? Do you I'm, think that Draymond would be willing to go to the bench? Because I, I personally don't think that he would be okay with that. I'm not sure. Um, I want to say no. But at the same time, all of them took a lesser role when KD was there. Granted, he wasn't on the bench. That's a lot less, but um, but yeah, Kevin Durant coming like I will be a hundred percent willing to sacrifice some of my roles, some of my minutes, some of my shots for KD. I'm not doing that for Ben Simmons. Absolutely not. I get it. I get it. Like I said, but ben, they're not expecting offense from Ben Simmons. They're expecting defensive facilitation. So you got Steph and Clay running around on the court everywhere, and then you just throw the ball to them. I mean, it, there's. I still feel like that would just draw a spacing issue because if you have more than two people on the floor, or two or more people that can't shoot, it's going to leave you know, in theory, less room for Clay and for Steph to move out. Because even if you have them clear out and you see Ben Simmons standing out on the three, if you're a defender, are you going to stick to him on the uh, on on the corner? Or are you going to cheat in and play more towards the paint? I'm playing more towards the paint. Yeah. But I think with Ben and uh, Draymond, you play them down low. You don't play them up high. And so um, and I'm pretty sure. Well, if you're a man, you, you have to follow. But if you're in a zone, then, yeah, obviously you make them uh, the the internal defenders, yeah. Yeah. Are you talking about for um, you talking about for offense or D? Well, I was talking about defensively. Like, like I was thinking, like, okay, if you're a man, like if you're just straight man, man, and, you know, your guy widens out, you know, you're probably going to, like, if there's a shooter, you're going to widen out with them more, which yeah. is going to – allow Steph to, you know, drive and then kick, which is what he's really good at. But if not, you're going to have somebody else like cheating more inside and instead of him kicking it out to, you know, name whatever, you know, warrior you, you like that in, in your life that Steph has passed the ball to to shoot. That's not clay. 
you replace that with Ben Simmons, they're not going to respect the shot. So they're, I feel like there's going to be more like pressure on the inside. It's going to be harder to get a bucket inside. True. And here's a, but here's a special thing about Steph, what I'm thinking. Steph mm-hmm. and Clay's range is so deep, it starts at half court. You know what I mean? You, you're going to pick yeah. them up way before they get to the three-point line. Which one in turn, just, oh, that's, what, that's what makes them so special because they open up the floor as soon as they cross over the uh, half-court line. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I I don't think that's you know the most sustainable shot, but like they they I, Steph can definitely hit that. It's not Steph and Dame wherever they're pulling from. I'm like you you got it, bro. I believe in you. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's like I don't think if the game was on the line and Steph was what you know got past half court, that I'm not going to pick him up. It's like well, that's not a very likely shot. It's not, but it is Steph. You know what I mean? So. And then there's Clay. So they have ring. They have, I say rank, ring. They have range. And also, like I said, you you can you play Ben Simmons down low, but there is still time for them to make him in the I'm not saying they should, but if anybody you can learn how to shoot from anybody, I would leave it to Steph and Clay to show somebody how to shoot. Or at least develop like somewhat of a mid-range. I'm not saying range from three. But get him on mid range. Hey, I, I think you and the rest of America are, are hoping that Ben Simmons can uh, put, put something like that together. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. But another list that was put together came out from Sports Illustrated. They have their top 100 NBA players. And Charles, I don't even know where to begin with this. So, do do you want to start this one off? Because I I got some questions. This list is ridiculous, man. Um, those who haven't seen it, you can go pull it up and find it. Um, maybe your jaw dropped just like ours. Now, me and you were talking about this. The first, the first three spots, I really had no issue with. It was Kevin Durant at number one, Giannis Antetokounmpo at, at two, and then LeBron James at three. Yeah. Did you, like, what issue did you have with that one? Uh, the fact that LeBron James is uh, number three is my issue right there. Okay. Uh, I, I think LeBron's still the best player in the league. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess they're probably assuming that the way they uh, put this list together was like based off last year. And it's like, all right, LeBron, you know, you know, missing time last year. So like if they're docking him for that, then like, you know, OK, whatever. But um, I still think LeBron's the best player in the league. I would put, you know. Giannis or KD, like th- those two are interchangeable. If somebody like if Giannis was number one and KD was number two on this list, especially if it's just after last year, then then yeah, like you know, Giannis definitely has the um the upper hand as far as last year goes. But you know, I feel like those two are rather interchangeable. I'm not gonna be too mad. I can, you know, see either one going out there. But to round out the top five, you had Steph at four and Jokic at five. How do, how, how do you feel about um the the bottom half of the five? Oh man, it was it was weird. Okay, to have Steph at four just doesn't feel right. It doesn't even sit right with my soul. You know, like you think he should be higher or lower? I, I think. And thing is, I think he's I think he's good where he is, but it just doesn't even sound right coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. You know what I mean? Like yeah, especially like if we don't know the criteria what they made this list off of. But if we're basing off of last year, it feels like he should have been higher. But at the same time, it's like Steph over LeBron, Steph over Giannis, Steph over KD. Come on now, like let's be real, let's get serious. Mm. Um, Jokic, 
Jokic balled this past season, won the MVP. Borderline a walking triple double for this past season. <laughs> Facts. From the and from the five, you know. So I mean, but then when I look at the name right up under him, it it makes me like, hold on, hold on, like and everybody, this is who's at the number six spot. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say, yeah, they got Luca at six, which I, I'm a fan of Luca. I think Luca is a great player and he's still ascending. So I think he's just gonna continue to get even better. He's a future MVP. Facts. That, and that's the you don't know basketball. That's non-debatable. Like if, if you don't if you don't think Luca's gonna be a future MVP, that's you don't know about that's that's non-debatable at all. The way he's like he's been carrying Dallas with he she should have a second, but I almost forgot his name, man. Porzingis. Yep. Who <laughs> doesn't even show up to play. And then you have... Porzingis comes in at 58 on this list. And the only other Dallas Maverick is nine, at 96. They have Tim Hardaway in there. <laughs> so it's the Luka show, man. It's Luka almost alone. <laughs> and then you have... who You have James Harden at seven. This that's that's one, healthy. It's healthy. It was... This one was tough. I'm not going to lie. Like... Because I would take Luca over over James Harden based off like last year. I mean, because I'm I'm assuming that's the because that's the only thing that will make sense is um based off their rankings like that had to be their criteria was like going off of last year into like this year, not just like overall or anything. Because because they got Joel Embiid at eight, AD at nine, and then Kawhi at ten. I I feel like I I don't have any I don't have any disputes against that. Yeah, no, I'm fine with Anthony Davis. This one definitely needs to be under Joel and B. I don't know about over Kawhi though. Um, like you say, AD always stands for always down. <laughs> and for Kawhi to stay, man, Ka- Kawhi don't even get down. That dude just stay on the bench. He don't even come into the game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All that low management stuff, man. Uh, one day we're gonna look back in history and and take note of Kawhi as he started that. <laughs> low management stuff. Hey, hey, low key, he actually did it. It was Pop. He used to do that with Manu, Tony, Parker, and Tim Duncan. He used to do that with them all the time. Just give them rest days. They were older players, though. So I mean, yeah, that, that's that's true. I mean, it wasn't even when like when they're like their last couple years in the league. He did that, you know, for for a good little while. But to this extent, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's gotten out of hand. And so. Yeah, Anthony Davis under Joel Embiid because there's no reason Anthony Davis shouldn't be the best big man in basketball, but he's not. You know, I'm, I'm looking through this list, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, finish out the top 20 for y'all. So we got Dame at 11, 12, Paul George, 13, Jason Tatum, 14, Jimmy Buckets, 15, Bradley Beals, 16, D-Book, 17, Trey Young, 18, you got Chris Paul, and then you have Kyrie and Zion to close out. I have some issues with Zion being at number 20 already. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think Trey Young over Chris Paul is not as crazy as I thought it might have been a year ago. So I'm cool with that. Bradley Bill at 15, though, because Bradley Bill's one. And uh, I feel like Bradley Bill and Jimmy Butler are two of probably one of the most slept on players in the league. Right. Right. I, I like to see that they got some uh, recognition here. 15 for Bradley Beal might be a little bit high, but but that dude is a bucket. Thanks. But the one person who definitely, in my opinion, should be in this top 20 that is not is Donovan Mitchell. 
Oh my goodness, yes. You you have a man that consistently can can give you 40 or 50 in a playoff game and carries his team. Like the fact that they have Rudy Gobert at 21 over Donovan Mitchell just I, it has me hot. It's ba- it's baffling. It made no sense to me. Uh, yeah, it is. I'm walking 40 piece in the playoffs, playing for the Jazz. Yeah, and the the counterpart that he went you know toe to toe with in that series that did the same thing was Jamal Murray. And I understand he was hurt and you know missed a lot of time last year. They had him at forty nine. So just just to give y'all an idea, so I know we're kind of bouncing around, but we'll we'll make this work. Jamal Murray at forty nine, right? The first two players in front of him at forty eight are Clint Capella and forty seven are Michael Brogdon. <laughs> Ain't no way. Hell could have frozen over, had an ice age, and come back. Ain't no way in hell. I, I'm taking either of those players over Jamal Murray. There's like they have Gordon Hayward at 45. Come on, man. He's like, serious. Let's get real. Freddie Van Fleet at 46. Like those are the like the first like handful of players that are above Jamal Murray. I, I can't get down with that. What are what what are some ones that are jumping out to your eyes, man? They have Kyle Lowry over Jamal Murray. Like, that that was another name. They got Brandon Ingram over Jamal Murray. They got Brandon Ingram over Russell Westbrook. Like. You smoke crack, don't you? You smoke crack, don't you? Look at me, boy. Don't you smoke crack? What kind yeah. of list is this? Like, And they have Ben Simmons at 31, and Russell Westbrook's 34, and they got Brandon Ingram at 33 and De'Aaron Fox at 32. So that's that, those are the players in between them. I'm sorry. Russell Westbrook is better than, than, than those players right there, for sure. Ben Simmons spent an entire summer getting cyberbullied by the entire media. Like, what? And we putting him, that guy over Russ, over the walking triple-double? Come yeah. on, man. Let's be real. Let, let, let's get real. This got to be. I was thinking this is a joke when you sent it to me. I was thinking, like, I'm thinking it's got to be a fake page or something, like, made a little gag. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, it's a legit got the got the, the check mark and everything. And <laughs> yeah, so, this is this list is something. I, I would really like to speak to who made this list and really break it down with them. Be like, all right, so what made you put this over this? Because, I mean, I think John Moran at 25 is healthy. Mm hmm. Chris Milton at 26, and then you got Jalen Brown at 27, Drew Holiday at 28, Zach Levine at 30, and Shea Gilligas-Alexander at 30. Shea, like, he's good and all, and, you know, I love the Thunder. 30 might be a little high for my liking because they got him over players like Julius Randle, Kyle Lowry, CJ McCollum, Draymond, you know, Russ, like we just said. So, I mean, there's some debate to that, but he's a young, you know, ascending star in this league. But man, the, it, the one part that I'm just baffled at is at 51, they have Lamella Ball. Oh, look, look, and look. Hey, listen, listen, listen. Breakers, this is what they have Clay Thompson at 57. He was hurt last year, but in no world, in no, in no version of Earth, is Lamella Ball better than Clay Thompson right now. Not even in Rick and Morty, he's not. Not even in Rick and Morty, not in, in an alternate universe. Not Clay Thompson has missed two seasons, and I would still, I would still play Clay Thompson over over Lamelo. I don't know what this whole little rookie of the year thing like. People ride the that people didn't even ride John Morant's wave that hard. Nah, and hey, John Morant is is that guy. And John Morant is a baller. Like they didn't even ride his wave that hard. They got him over Clay Thompson. 
Bro, I'm just astounded, bro. I'm like really seeing Michael Brogdon at 47 on this list, bro. Like has me just questioning every decision I've ever made in my life. Man, okay. And they got my boy Derrick Rose at 89. Oh my. They got Andrew Wiggins over him. Look, here's they got thing. Seth Curry at 81. Oh, Jay, oh, and Derrick Rose. They got Jay Crowder at 90. That's low key disrespectful. 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 Anthony Edwards is over. Scary Terry. Terry Rozier. Hey, hey I, I'm a big uh, Scary Terry fan. I, I I think Anthony Edwards is, is cool and all. I don't know if he's uh, – I mean, I get that, you know, he was a rookie and, you know, had all the buzz, but Scary Terry's something too. Christian Woods is at 66, and I would definitely take him over Clint Capella. Yeah, bro. They had Clint Capella at 48 on him. role player. He has no other offense. Yep. Good defender, but no offense. Marcus Smart at 60 is is something because they got DeAndre Hunter at 56, Jeremiah Grant at 55, and John Collins at 54, and Mikhail Bridges at 53. And Michael Porter Jr. at 52, right under the mellow. Well, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by now. No, it's not fun anymore. Not even. Colin Sexton, Colin Sexton was the only good thing about the Cavaliers, and he's at 71. <laughs> yeah, bro. Over, look, and over Seth Curry at that. And Seth Curry averaged almost like over 40% from the three-point line. Would you rather have Kimball Walker or DeJounte Murray? Ooh. Oh, who, who you said, Kimball Walker or who? DeJounte Murray for the Spurs. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, if Kimber Walker could stay healthy, we talking as is or in a, or in a, or in a vacuum. Right now, as is. Right now, as is. I'm probably taking Murray. Yeah, I'll, say, I'll take Murray. They got Murray at 73 and Kimber Walker at 69. Oh, one other thing I wanted to point out: since Russell Westbrook is ranked at 34, they they are allegedly saying he is the 10th best point guard in the NBA. I'm just gonna leave y'all breakers with that. Just that, that, yeah, that part right there. Man, just they got De'Aaron Fox over us. I mean, hey, De'Aaron Fox is you know definitely a, a special talent, but he, he what is he better uh, at than Russ? De'Aaron Fox wouldn't even say he could he could hold Russ. He wouldn't even say that. <laughs> you know. um, uh, enough of the negative stuff. You know, a couple of the ones that I really liked, you know, I mentioned, you know, I like Shea at 30, and I thought it was a little high, but I like that for him. Zach Levine at 29, I think is uh, a nice ranking. I feel like he's really, you know, pushing uh, his envelope for one of the better players in the NBA. Drew Holiday at 28, though. I feel like, I feel like that's a, a little low for him. I feel like, well, let me, who they got above them? See, they got Cat at 23. I feel like Cat, if Drew Holiday and Cat switched, I'd be cool with that. Cat over Donovan Mitchell? I mean, uh, I mean, Drew Holiday over Donovan Mitchell? See, but, but I still think Donovan Mitchell needs to be at, like, inside the top 20. So I feel like that itself is, is, is jank. Yeah, Zion has no business being at number 20. Yeah, bro. And Rudy Gobert at 21. Bam at 22. I like that. Yeah. I see Bam is better than Rudy Gobert. So the fact that they got Rudy Gobert. All right, let's look at the centers they have listed on here, right? Okay. So you got Jokic at five, Joel Embiid at eight. AD is, you know, four or five, you know, we'll call it whatever. He's at nine. 
And then you go down to 21 for Rudy Gobert. Like I, I think cats better than Rudy Gobert at this point. And I think both of them are he's way too high. Yeah. Cause then like, even at 39, you got a uh, Vucevic and yeah, he just went to Chicago and you know, they're not like the, the greatest team, but they're, they'll make some noise this year. I think in the East, I mean, he's an offensive superstar. I mean, they got Sabonis at 36 above DeAndre Ayton. I, I I disagree with that. Especially after this this year's run. Like, yeah, thanks. I think that um, I think that defense player of the year for Rudy Gobert is really what's sitting him up high. Yeah, but for him being like you know uh, the defensive player, you know caliber caliber player, like every year, he's really not that good on defense. Like he doesn't play like it. I, I think. Like he'll block some shots, but he's consistently getting sunned by guards or just smaller big men. Like he just doesn't dominate the way you want to see, you know, somebody who's eligible for the best defensive player every year to just dominate. I know what you mean. And I, I just don't see that from him. Yeah, man, this list is just all over the place. I'm like, they got names and threw them in a random order. They're like, oh, yeah. yeah it, it looks like they really kind of stopped trying after 20. Like yeah. after their top twenty, they're like, "All right, bro." At this point, who cares? <laughs> right? It's like they went off of like two K stats or something. Like, because I don't, I wouldn't yeah. even say that. I feel like two K would would arrange just a lot different. Lamelo would not be at fifty one. Two K needs to fix their own ratings themselves. <laughs> yeah, man. Because this this. Uh, What's the last 2K you played? I'm not going to lie. Like, 2K used to bring out the worst in me, and I ain't played in a while. Ooh, last 2K I actually played was maybe 19. 19? See, I think the last one I played, I played might have been, I'm about to say paid. <laughs> might have been 17. 17. I mean, yeah, it's been a minute. I might get the next one. We'll see. We'll see who's on the cover. We'll see what's on the cover. <laughs> yeah, my PlayStation uh, stopped working on me, so um, I'm probably just going to have to wait it out till I get my uh, PS5 whenever I can. Bro, I've been trying to get a PS5 for like, what, six, seven months now? <laughs> like, every time, it's every time I want to get it, something happens. Like, I'm waiting around for it, and it comes, but I forgot I need to move my money, some money over from my savings to my chickens. And then in that, like, 10-minute span, they sell out. Yeah, those things go out faster than free crack, bro. <laughs> no, seriously. Seriously, man. So, but yeah, man. Look, that's going to do it all for this NBA segment, man. We'll be right back. Follow us on all our um, social media. Follow us on Twitter at TheBreakRoomHOU and on Instagram at The.BreakRoom.Podcast. Hey, subscribe to us on all our uh, platforms where our, uh, where our podcast is available. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. We're available everywhere, man. So check us out later, man. We'll be right back with you. Take it easy. Bitch, don't get too comfortable. Ben, I get too comfortable. Bitch, don't get too comfortable. Ben, I get too comfortable. Bitch, don't get too We are comfortable. back here for the third segment of The Break Room over here in episode 28. Eight. And we kind of got some you know, sad news to put out here today. Manny Pacquiao is retiring from boxing. The great legend had 62 wins, seven losses, and only two draws. This man was fighting for 20-plus years. One of the sweetest left hands you'll ever see. 39 knockouts in his career. And 
man, Manny Pacquiao gave us so many shows. You know, that fight with Mayweather was huge a couple of years ago. And I know, you know, Pacquiao hasn't been the best version of himself recently, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, man, I didn't hear some of, the, some of the things you said. Yeah, so listen, so like, like I said, we're on Zoom, so sometimes it goes out, so I'm just going to ask him to repeat himself. Um, just like the last, like, 15 seconds, maybe? Uh, I was going to say, yeah, he has one of the sweetest left hands you'll see okay, in yeah, boxing, yeah. and, you know, it's just unfortunate for the sport's sake to see a legend retire. Yeah, man, definitely unfortunate. And Manny Pacquiao, like many people talk about when they met, when they met him, like he was just one of the sweetest guys you could ever meet, and all-around great guy. And like I say, Evan just said, said it, man. Manny Pacquiao has given us, like, a lot of real shows. And Pacquiao's also one of those guys, he's a real fighter. You know what I mean? You have some fighters and you have some boxers. You know what I mean? He's one of those guys. I remember after his his uh, match with Mayweather, if any of you guys saw that fight, he said that, oh, he just ran for me the whole time and he didn't really, like, fight me. You know, he just, he kind of bounced around. And Floyd said before his match against Pacquiao, he said, if I fight Pacquiao, he said, if I fight Manny, it's going to be boring. <laughs> he said it before, he said it long before they even fought. He said that years ago, but actually before they actually met in the ring. He said, if I fight Manny, it's going to be a boring fight. He said, they're not going to have, have a whole lot of exchanges because one, Floyd is a, is a counter fighter. He's a counter punch kind of guy. When they meet it, they met up in the ring, it's not going to be a whole lot of exchanges. I say, Pacquiao's fighting style, he's going to go at you all the time. And so I remember after the fight, and you know, he when he found out he lost, he said, yeah, he just ran for me the whole time. He didn't even really want to fight me, kind of. Apparently, Pacquiao also fought that with a torn shoulder labrum or, you know, a yeah. torn rotator cuff, something along those lines, too. So, hey, Pacquiao was a fighter. Like you said, man, he, he fought for his country, really. Like, all the money he gets, he puts it right back into the Philippines and – I think he's going to do great things once he's retired. I know that he's expressed interest in uh, running for a political office out there, trying to uh, help his people out. So, hey, man, I wish him the best luck of retirement. Now he can focus on his country. I know he's a big man of his faith, so he can really, you know, get uh, closer, you know, if he wants to with his Lord and Savior. And that way, you know, I feel like he's just about to have a great uh, time and he can just live his life out, you know? Absolutely, man. Here at the Break Room Podcast, man, we wish Manny Pacquiao a happy and just joyful retirement, man. Because that's yes, a blessed retirement. A blessed retirement, exactly, man. So once he's one of those guys who definitely has put in the time and really worked for it, man. So and he's he's giving the viewers and the fans all we can really even ask for. Yeah, some blessings were just raining from the sky on Sunday. Justin Tucker hit the longest field. So, yeah, Justin Tucker hit the longest field goal in NFL history in true double-doink fashion. <laughs> this time, though, it hit the bottom crossbar and then fell its way through the uprights, and Detroit fans looked just defeated emotionally, physically, morally with all that. That was one of my favorite plays from the weekend. What was one of yours from Sunday? Um. I hate to piggyback, man, but probably that play. Um, other than I can tell you what my wasn't my favorite play. <laughs> what was that? Uh, that's when Christian McCaffrey went down against the Texans, man, because um one, he was my first pick on my fantasy league. And so Yeah, that hurts. Out, and I can't drop. <laughs> Excuse me. And so he's out for the <laughs> I don't know how long it's with a hamstring injury. So 
I'm thinking maybe seven weeks. I'm hoping. I'm hoping it's not eight, but he's out, and that's that was gonna be my cash cow. I mean, that's the one person I was really banking on like every week. <laughs> so yeah, man, he he's out, and that was probably my <laughs> my least favorite player this, this week's uh this week's games. Yeah, man, that uh Panthers and Texans game was definitely something. I think that the Texans came out and played like how we thought the Texans would from the beginning of the year. Uh, Davis Mills, you know, had a 57 QBR, got sacked four times. I mean, there wasn't really much that he could do. The run game was atrocious as a team. They only had 42 yards and averaged two and a half yards a carry. The longest run on the day was a seven yard run from David Johnson. Like everything that I saw from the Texans offense was just not winning football. It wasn't at all. And the one thing I was surprised about is because also the score doesn't tell the story of the game. The game was pretty close for a long time, which I guess if you want to, if you want to be an optimist, optimistic Texans fan, then you can kind of take that away. Like, Oh, the, you know, the, he kind of played for most of the game. And the Panthers offense actually was kind of rolling besides those fumbles Sam Darnold had, those strip sacks we had on him, which were pretty good for, you know, for defensive purposes. Yeah, DJ Moore was unguardable, it seemed like, until he got hurt and, you know, had to go sit down on the sideline. That's the only thing that kept him, you know, from putting up even more yards. He had eight catches, 126 yards, was himself getting a little dinged up. <laughs> Yeah, they were that Bradley Roby trade right there. Really, like so, <laughs> the Panthers' most lethal offensive pieces got hurt in the game. I mean, your defense was putting a hat on somebody. I mean, we don't wish injury upon anybody, but you know, it kind of stopped it from the uh, the Panthers from running away with it. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, the only you know bright spot you know for the second straight week that I really liked was Brandon Cooks. I mean, he's getting open. The passes that Davis Mills did complete, I mean, 168 passing yards for Davis Mills, right? 112 of them went to Brandon Cooks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's caught half of the passes that Davis Mills completed. So without Brandon Cooks, I mean, this Texas offense would have been almost worse. Brandon Cooks is making this offense, you know, like you said, they were competing for the first, you know, three quarters. It was only a 14 to like six ball game, I believe, going into the fourth quarter. So, they, they, like you said, they, they were within striking distance. And Brandon Cooks was really the only reason why they were. Yeah, exactly. And quick question. So do you think that if if Tyrod was playing, that there would have been any kind of difference? Um, I mean, yeah, there definitely would have been a difference. I, I think that the running game would have been better mm-hmm. because the passing game would have been more of a threat. You know what I'm saying? Like it would have opened yeah. up that a little bit more. And then, you know, Tyrod can obviously, you know, scramble with his legs. So I think it would just keep the Panthers defense a little more honest. But the Panthers so far, I mean, they're 3-0. They've played good football. They they have a great defense. And I just think that they're going to continue to do well. Um, I don't know what their schedule looks like coming up for the next couple of weeks. Um, all I know is that they, they play this week against uh, the Cowboys. So that's going to be a contest for them. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Sam Darnold's just playing a lot better than yep. a lot of – I mean, I don't want to say a lot better than he was in New York, but, like, he's exceeding expectations a little bit. That's but true. he just has a lot better weapons around him. And, I mean, it's showing what happens whenever you put a competent, you know, 
receiving core and a, a halfway defense offensive line around a, a young quarterback. Yeah, and he's showing a lot more confidence, man. He's he's, he's looking comfortable. He had twenty. He went twenty three or thirty four passing, three hundred and four yards. Even ran him one in, you know. So he's he's growing in what he's growing into what he was supposed to be. He was already kind of a bigger quarterback as far as just his frame goes, at least, right? And now he can kind of he's running with that weight. He knows what he can do. He's a lot more confident off his line. He's not running for his life like he was all the time in New York. Yeah, seeing ghosts. <laughs> exactly, and so his life flashed before his eyes. So. Sam Darnold's definitely just coming into his own. And I'm granted, you could say, well, it's the Texans, you know, I mean, but hey, Texans fans, newsflash, every team's going to say that about you this year. There. So, but it is, it, Sam Darnold is getting better. Like you said, he's coming into his own, man. He has time to do so. And he has better weapons and a better uh, organization around him. So he's, it makes sense to why he's doing better. Yeah, I think that. The Panthers, I mean, they're I don't think they're gonna win their division, but I think that they continue to play this rate. Like I said, I'm not sure what their schedule looks like longer down the line. They they might be in position to compete for a wild card spot. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Because I mean that defense has only given up 30 points in three games. So that's you really can't ask much more from your defense than that. Yeah, depending on how long uh Tom stays and what the Saints continue what they look like later on in the season. Yeah. This division is really like it's really kind of taking off. Like it's getting real, real competitive. Besides, you know, Atlanta. Yeah, that's facts. No, uh, and to go back to a point that you made earlier about the Panthers players, like their stars, like just kind of dropping out of this game. They also lost J.C. Horn. Yeah, their uh, first round rookie, who I mean, was just playing phenomenally. I mean, that dude came out this year, was excellent in coverage, had a really low passer rating against him. I mean, now he's just. Been on the uh, put on the injured reserve, so we'll see how long he's out for. I don't think I don't see anything that talks about how long he'll be out for. Just you know, that he's I'll be honest, man. I was really I, I wanted Sam Donald to do well, but I don't know when I when I see Panther success, I really I associate it so close with Cam Newton, and <laughs> he's not even in the league right now. You know, it's. It's just, it's just weird to see, like, you know, just, I mean, the league keeps rolling on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. This one thing about this uh, league in the NFL, they will move on without you and they will not look back at all. Absolutely, man. And so yeah, the talent point is just, I think it's the best it's ever been in the NFL. It does sure. look good, doesn't it? Yeah. Even, even just, some of the older quarterbacks, I mean, besides Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> still, still looking good. Did you see that game? Bro, horrible, bro. Horrible. horrible. <laughs> I was like, Ben Roethlisberger is looking like how Tom Brady should look at this age. <laughs> yeah, hey, don't hey, don't be playing Big Ben and Tom Brady in the same conversation before these breakers start coming at you now. No cap. No cap at all. <laughs> but, man, speaking about uh, some of these games, right? We called some games last week. We did. So, for those who don't know, who don't who don't remember, Evan went twelve and four. I went eleven and five. Right. Hey, shout out to my two uh, hot picks of the week. That the two of my three uh, came true. Shout out to the Falcons for uh, beating the New York Football Giants. Come on, and then man! The Rams, the Rams with the upset over the Bucks. That was surprising. That and was- then of course. 
you know, I picked the Eagles. I thought that they would come out and play better against the Cowboys and they just didn't run the ball. They got killed. You know, we had another guard get injured. It was just, just not our game by any means. And it was just embarrassing to be on Monday night football and getting thrashed like that. Yeah. So but I'm, I'm happy. I'm up one in the, uh, the pickums though, man. Look, okay. That Falcons and Johns game. We nobody knew who was gonna win. We really just picked differently hey. almost on that one, man. It was the shiny trash man versus the plastic one. Like hey, <laughs> nobody knew. You didn't see, if if the Giants would have won, you wouldn't have been surprised. No, no. I mean, it was a, a fourteen to seventeen ball game. So hey, it, it, it was like you said. You know, the battle of the uh, the analogy I made though. You got the nice green, you know, with the yellow top, the waste management bin, and then you got the old classic. 10, you know, metal garbage can lid. <laughs> Literally. Uh, it was definitely uh, something <laughs> that I'm glad I did not watch. Man, yeah, same. <laughs> so, okay. And then the other pick was the Rams over the Bucks. Now, that yes. one, the Rams came out to play. Like, Bro, and, it, and Loki should have been worse because Deshaun Jackson was underthrown twice really bad on deep ball. So, Deshaun Jackson himself could have had three receiving touchdowns. Like of over, God, freaking! I think they were all at least fifty yards or, or more. So I mean, and they they won thirty four to twenty four. So that could have made the the game even you know worse because Deshaun had only three catches and one hundred and twenty yards. He could have had like five for two hundred. Yeah, man. The rank, like the game, really like like I said, that's another uh, game. Like you, like Evan just pointed about about those two passes. The score really doesn't tell the story. Like it could have been a lot worse than what it was, and so yeah, I thought overall it was a great game. I mean, I watched it. It was it was just very entertaining to see two, you know, high level football teams going right at it. Yeah, man, and Matthew Stafford. Shout out to the Rams for make going out and making that trade, man. Like it fits. He mm-hmm. make it work. He make it work. I used to think that I'm like, I mean, Jared Goff is. He's been to a Super Bowl. He wasn't really ready for that Super Bowl. He was still a little young, you know. And I was thinking, like, well, maybe he just needs more time to get himself together. Then they go out and trade for Matthew Stafford. I'm thinking, well, we kind of know what Matthew Stafford is, even though it's Detroit. But we know what Stafford is. You know what I mean? I'm thinking he's not going to make that huge of a difference. But he kind of transformed their offense, honestly. Indeed, he is he he's taken this offense just like you said he's just leveled it up really I mean he's better than Jared Goff ever was or probably ever will be even at this point in his career so I think that the Rams are probably going to be looked at as the favorite by a lot of people for the NFC I think um I still think that the Bucks are and then I would say probably the Bucks Rams and Packers would probably be my uh big three for the NFC you said the Bucks and who? The Packers and the Rams. Oh, the Packers and the Rams. My fault. I know the Packers are kind of having like a man start. They're getting slow, but uh, I'm not concerned. As long as number 12 got his chin strap buckled up and he's out there on the field, they're going to be all right. Okay. Yeah. And what? for me, like the last game that well, we were kind of unsure about, well, I, was, I was sure that the Cowboys were going to beat the Eagles. I didn't think it was going to be like that, though. I thought yeah. it would be a lot closer than what it was. Yep. I mean, our we got behind early, 
And then we have were forced to throw the ball a lot. Jalen Reed was or not Jalen Reed. Jalen Hurts was missing reads all the time. He was um not keeping his eyes downfield. He was running when there were still, you know, receivers, you know, moving across the intermediate levels, like 15, 20 yards downfield. He just wasn't even looking for it. Miles Sanders had two rushing attempts, even though he averaged 13 yards a carry. I thought we should have just got the run game going on a little more. And then, you know, our defense, you know, got ran through like three straight drives. They We just got killed. And that just gave the Cowboys all the momentum that they really needed. Yeah. And I remember saying, um, me and you were speaking before, like uh, from the last week's recording before the game happened. And I think I remember telling us like, well, I'm not sure who will win. But if the Cowboys get up two scores, the game yeah, is over. Mm-hmm. And so they just kind of they just outscored them because, I mean, do I think the Cowboys run is going to last forever? No, it's not because it never does. But, I mean, like this is around the time when people are thinking that, oh, can the Cowboys really do it? The Cowboys look like a complete team. The Cowboys can maybe make something happen. But then, you know, always around like what? Eh. With Thanksgiving game, a little bit after Thanksgiving game, it just falls to mud. So yeah. uh, I'm not, I'm not really concerned. Like I say, I delight in the Cowboys' failures and their lack of success. So I mean, I pick them because I feel like they will win, but I'm not happy. I'm, I'm not exceedingly happy that they won. I really, I really would like would have wanted this to be my loss and maybe Tampa Bay to be my my win. But hey, you know. Hey, you know, you, you can't win them all. Hey, you know, I'm only up one. There, there's plenty of season to go around. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a tightly close or closely. What's that? Uh, what's that expression? Uh, 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 it's going to be competitive. So let me just leave it at that. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be competitive. It'll be competitive, man. Yeah, yeah. But what won't be competitive I'm joking. This game's probably going to be a competitive um, mudslide. It's going to be the Jags and the Bengals on Thursday night football. Who are you picking? I'm going with the Bengals, man. I'm going to go with the Bengals. Um, hey, me too, man. I think this will be a close game. I think that I couldn't really call the score on this one because the Bengals haven't really made up their mind if they can really score quickly or they can't. Like, it's... Um, I, I don't know their identity. But I, I just say I'm just going to leave it how it is. As far as the Jaguars, they don't know what who they are, what they are. Like, every time they show up to the game, they play like they were drunk last night. So, I'm not even... Yeah, they're not even, they're not even a factor with me. Yeah, they're definitely a team searching for their identity, but they're they're a very young team, so I think that's going to take them. You know, I, I hate to be a pessimist here. I think it's going to take a majority of the season to figure that out. You know, it's going to carry over into the next season. And be like, all right, this is who we are. This is what we're good at. This is what we need. Yeah, I just think it's going to take the majority of the season to figure out who they are, and it's going to you know continue into next year that they're going to be um they're they're a multi year fix. I mean, I, I've said this before. It's going to take them a minute to figure out who they are and what they want to as a team as well. So I'll pick the Bengals on that one. Our second game, we got the Titans and the Jets. I think the Titans and Derrick Henry are just going to roll through Zach Wilson and company. I, I can't see that being a very competitive football game. Same. I think that'll be a, exactly what you say. It'll be a steamroll. I'm expecting the Titans to just really roll over the Jets. Uh, great because I had A.J. Brown in my fantasy. 
and I need him to have some points in this game. Yeah, because he uh, he went out in the first quarter of an injury last week, right? Yeah, they said he'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that, that 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 hurts. He's just questionable, and so really on my fantasy, I have uh, Amari Cooper too. But they're going against uh, I forgot who the Cowboys playing. They are playing Cowboys are playing the Panthers. Yeah, they're playing the Panthers, and eh, I think he'll do well. But the Titans have a way better chance of steamrolling the Jets than the Cowboys have of rolling over the Panthers. Yeah. For sure. Next game, I think, is going to be a really close game. The Lions and the Bears. Hey, I don't... Are, the, are we sleeping on the Lions? Because they've been playing people pretty close. I, you know, they they have. They've definitely been competing. I mean, shit. Like, we were just talking about with the Ravens. You know, just Tucker kicking that uh, 66-yard field goal and barely making it. They were, let's call it half a yard away from winning that football game. Really, man, the score came out to be 19 to 17, man. And not only that, like we talked about in the other week, the week prior too, man, they played the Packers for three and a half quarters. Like the that score didn't tell the story. And so, man, the the Lions are in the first week of the I mean the first week of the NFL season, they played San Francisco 41 to 33. So they, they can ball. Like, they're not a team to... They're not a dominant team, but they're nobody you can just look past and kind of look over. Yeah, that's facts. And, I mean, Justin Fields is going to be getting his second start after the the whole team just had a horrible... I, I mean, just un... Uh, bro, some of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Like, that first game... They had one total passing yard as a team because they had like 60-something sack yards. Yeah. The offensive line was not – the receivers were not getting open. Justin Fields was terrified out there. Miles Garrett had like four and a half sacks on him. I think he got sacked like seven times total. Was- so, the Bears team just is not playing very well. Yeah, Justin Fields, he took – yeah, like I said, he took a little bit – just a little bit over seven. He took nine sacks total. Nine, yeah, nine total. Yeah, I mean, that's – that hurts. Yeah, and so for the – and this is what we were talking about last week. We were saying we hope he can have a decent enough game to where his confidence won't be – his confidence and growth won't be stunted, stunted for the rest of the season. Yeah. But that was like the – other than throwing like – like uh, how Zach Wilson's first start went and throwing like two interceptions for your uh, for your game, taking nine sacks is like second on the list for worst. Yeah, I mean that, that's still definitely worst case scenario right yeah, there that exactly. he had to go through. Like second worst on the list, you know. So he might not even start though. I mean, there's been you know rumors going around that they might go to Nick Foles because they don't want to you know damage Justin Fields' you know confidence or his psyche in the long run. Yeah, so. I- We'll see, but I'm picking the Lions to win the game. Yeah, I'm going to take the Lions in this one, too. Next game we got should also be a really close one. The Colts and the Dolphins. Who you got? Ooh, I, man. This is another tough one, man. Um, Colts trying to find that first win. You said who? The Colts trying to get that win. Exactly. First win. Oh, man. My... I can say I want to just go with their record and say like they just not they just don't have it together. But I'm gonna yes, yeah, so I'm gonna do that, man. I'm just gonna go with the Dolphins. I gotta go with the Dolphins on this one. See, I want to go with the Dolphins, but 
you know what? I, I, I'll make a hot pick here. Get, I'll take the Colts. I, I'll say they'll finally get it together and get the first win versus Miami. Okay, okay. What do you think the score is going to look like? I think it's going to be kind of a close game. I don't expect any, like, shootout. I mean, somewhere around, like, 20 to 24, I feel like would kind of be about right. Like, I don't think it's going to be, like, 38 to, you know, 40 or, you know, something crazy like that. But, I mean, I think there's going to be some points. But, yeah, I'll say about 24 to 20. Okay. But we got another stiff game coming up that same day, man. And it's going to be the Browns and the Vikings. Yeah, there should be a lot of running of the football in this one. I'm going to take the Browns, though. I feel like they just have a way better defense. And like we were just talking. I'm sorry, man. You went out, man. He said the last thing I heard was like we were just talking about. Also, like what we were just talking about with uh, Justin Fields, him getting terrorized. Well, that Browns defense is, is coming off, you know, what a great game. They're hot right now. So I think they're going to continue that. Um, Dalvin Cook, you know, uh, had the little ankle injury or whatever. He's questionable. I think he's going to play. I think they're going to act like business as, uh, as usual, and they're going to feed him. There's going to be a lot of running of the football in this game, but I'm going to take the Browns. Okay. Yeah, same, man. I'm taking the Browns, too. Dalvin Cook is out, and <laughs> we were joking about this earlier, man. Kirk Cousins is up there for quarterbacks right now. Bro, yes. <laughs> having a good start this year. <laughs> a good start this year, man. Uh, the Vikings offense is it's one of those dark horses, man. It's like, maybe you catch him on a good day, maybe you won't, you know, but Dalvin Cook was a huge part of their offense and he's not going to be there. So, like I said, the Browns have a better defense and they have more offensive weapons. Um, their run game is the mo- one of the most reliable in the NFL, man, so you, you can't really just argue with it. For me, I'm going with the yeah, I'm going with the Browns. True, true. I mean, yeah, OBJ's back. He had a good start um last week. Had like ninety something yards, I believe. So hey, um that offense is just I think they're gonna continue to roll and they're gonna be one of the favorites in the AFC. But we got an NFC matchup next. We got the Washington football team going to Atlanta to play the Falcons. I'm not picking the Falcons this week. Uh, I'm not feeling, you know, froggy enough to pick them to win two straight games. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the football team here and their defense and uh, see what Taylor Heineke can do against this Falcons defense. Same man, I'm really trying my best not to pick with you every game, but yeah, like I'm going with Taylor Heineke and the Washington defense, man. The defense is legit. The Falcons, when they won last week, I mean, granted it was the Giants, but the Falcons don't really offer much right now, man. So yeah, I'm going with the Washington football team. Okay, fair enough. Another game I feel like it's going to be uh, a cakewalk. The Texans got to go up to Buffalo to go play against the Bills. I think the Bills are just going to single-handedly, you know, have their way with them. Absolutely. I think that the Texans are going to get um, fondled and mishandled by the Bills uh, this week because I don't think this will even be a game. The one thing I will say, though, we've been saying that this won't be a game every team the Texans have played but they hang in there for a good little while they've been hanging in there for a few quarters I'm not saying the Texans will win I'm not I'm not saying that I'm not let's get that clear <laughs> the Texans will win yeah but um, as far as the, what the score might be I don't know man I don't know I don't know 
I think I think the Bills the Bills will win handsomely towards the end of the game. But I, I wouldn't put it out of the random possibility of the Texans hanging on for like a good half. You know, I don't think it'll be a, a half half uh, halftime blowout, anything like that. I can see them hanging around for a little bit. Okay. Okay. No, that, 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 that's reasonable. You know, you're right. You know, they have been competitive. They just don't play a whole 60 minutes of football. We'll see how long they can hold up against the Buffalo. This next game, I feel like, is actually going to be either a complete disaster or a great game. You got the Saints against the Giants. What Jameis are we getting? I knew you were going to bring Jameis into it. I knew it. Hey, I got to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, honestly, I say the Saints are going to win. I say, you know what? I even call out a stat. I think James will have at least three touchdown passes. Okay, okay. Yeah, versus these New York Giants. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, yeah. I'm definitely. Yeah, I think I think James will have a good game, man. Yeah, I think the I think the Saints are gonna win. The Giants just kind of have, uh, you know, a little bit of a pesky defense, so they might give Jameis some issues. I feel like this is gonna be a, a kind of a close game. Mm-hmm. Well, regardless what way that goes, whether it's super high scoring or super low scoring, I feel like it's going to be uh, competitive. You know, I could be completely wrong on that. But like like I said, you never know what type of Jameis you're going to get. So we'll see. Uh, another game that's probably going to be a blowout is going to be the Chiefs heading up to Philly to play the Eagles. I think the Tyreek Hill and Travis Kel- I think Travis Kelsey is going to have a better day than Tyreek. Uh, I'm calling that now. That, that'll be my uh, prediction for the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, I feel like the Eagles linebackers and, you know, the middle of the field coverage is nowhere near as good as what our corners can do. And I feel like we're going to make it an emphasis to not get beat deep by Tyreek. So I feel like, you know, Travis Kelsey's just going to have his way underneath all day. Yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to run away with this, man. Um, I don't think this will really even be a real game, especially what the Eagles have done last week and kind of how – Fast, quickly, the Cowboys are scoring. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs have a way more lethal offense than the Cowboys, and like they're not even in the same round. And so, if they couldn't really hang with the Cowboys, I don't think there's any way to hang with the Chiefs. Not with all that speed they got. So, yeah, I think this this game is a done deal. I'm picking the Chiefs for this one. Fair enough. Hey, we were just talking about this game already a couple times. Panthers and the Cowboys. Who are you taking? I'm going Cowboys. Yeah, I'm going Cowboys this week, man. Like I say, <laughs> at the beginning of the season, they do really well. They, and we'll give them props. I'll get look, even though I hate the Cowboys, man, I'll give credit to poor credit is due. They look fine right now. The defense looks decent. Uh, I'm not gonna say great, but it looks like it's doing just enough to where the offense can build steam and then score. Yeah, I mean, the Cowboys, they got, you know, their two young uh, defensive stars been playing well. Trayvon Diggs having a good year. Mm-hmm. Smart, one of the um, better corners in the NFL, you know, for the first three weeks. And then Michael Parsons, who's been lining up everywhere, lining him up at middle linebacker, have him up on the edge and everything along the D-line. I think um, I think they're going to give the Panthers uh, some fits and – the Panthers are going to take their first loss of the year. So I, I hate to, you know, continue to agree with you, but uh, I'm going to pick the Cowboys here on this one. Now, I feel like this game right here, we might we might differ. You got the Seahawks going to San Fran to face against the 49ers. Who are you picking? Oh, man. Um, 
Man, you got the whole NFC West playing against each other this week, too, because the Rams and Cardinals are going up against each other. Oh, I know. It was going to be the two toughest games to call, man. Honestly, oh, man, I'm going I'm going to San Francisco. Man, why you got to keep doing me like this? <laughs> yeah, I got to go San Francisco, man. Not the way they played last week. Well, not, the, uh, not San Francisco, but the way the Seahawks played last week. You know what? If, if you're going to take the 49ers, I'll, I'll take the Seahawks. <laughs> you're going to take them? You're just going to take the Seahawks? Hey, you know what? I, 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 on one thing and one thing only. 49ers DBs not looking too hot. And the Seahawks got one of the better, you know, receiver duos in the NFL with Tyler Lockett and DK. So I feel like they're just going to go off and they'll win because of that. Absolutely. Other than that, they're pretty balanced teams. I see what you mean. The only reason I'm going to say this is because... Um, if it's a track race, let's just say hypothetically it's a track race of a game. Mm-hmm. I trust. I, I'm not gonna say I trust Jimmy G more than Russ because there's nobody I, I really trust more than Russ except for like two or three other quarterbacks. But the 49ers just have more pieces to do so. They have check down guys. They have a. They don't really have too too many deep guys, but they have mid range guys. Yeah, they the Hawks can play on the field a lot longer than the Seahawks can. Yeah, that's true. I mean, hey, you know, I, I definitely I was gonna pick the 49ers, but just because you picked the 49ers, I'm gonna take the Seahawks because of like that reason. Like, and the fact that Russ is there, he'll be the one slinging the football. You know, it, it, I'll put my money all on him this week. <laughs> Not very confident in it, but I think it's going to be a great game overall. Oh, but yeah, the other yeah. game in this division, Cardinals haven't uh, you know been turning a lot of heads this year. Kyler Murray playing great. Their defense is actually looking like an actual legit contender-like defense. And, you know, they got to go up against one of the better offenses in the Rams. So uh, between the Cardinals and Rams, who are you picking? Man, I'm going Cardinals, man. I'll be honest. Ooh. I'm going to that wave, man. I... You know, the Cardinals, I, I wasn't sure about them, like, because the Cardinals have always been a dark horse team, you know, especially, mm-hmm. I say always, but last year, you know, but it's, I have a feeling about this year. I just have a I'm not saying they're going to the Super Bowl. I'm not, I'm not going to say that. We'll see, we'll see about this, but the offense is really dynamic and the defense is not to be slept on. Granted, now if we're going to talk defense, the Rams have a better defense. And the offense is really just as good. These teams really can go tip for tat if you want to uh, match up positions as far as D-line goes, DBs, receivers. They almost can go tip for tat, however you want to spin it. They line up really well together. But it's just something about that, that offense um, and just the way they've been playing. Like, I just, it, you know what? I guess I can just chalk it up to I just have a gut feeling about the Cardinals this week. No deep analysis, no deep anything. I just have a feeling. Hey, you know, I I, I thought about this one long and hard. I feel like kind of like for the same reasons you said that the Cardinals are, you know, kind of slept on and the Rams, you know, coming in, you know, their heads are going to be high off beating the Bucks. You know, they might overlook the Cardinals a little bit, but I still think they have, overall have a better team. One thing I'm really looking forward to this game is D-Hop versus Jalen Ramsey. It's one of the better, you know, one-on-one um, wide receiver corner matchups in the league. We get it twice a year now. I'm going to take the Rams, though, with all that being said. Okay, man, that's fair enough, man. That's fair enough. Do you think it's going to be like a track race of a score or of a game or what? 
you know, everything is gonna be low scoring. I I could see both teams getting into the thirties. I can too. Yeah, just because you know Kyler, it only takes for Kyler to make one or two you know off schedule crazy plays, and then you know he catches Andy Isabella or Rondell Moore, you know who the defense just kind of forgets about because they're too worried about Christian Kirk or AJ Green or D Hop. And you get the ball to one of those, you know, fast playmakers, you know, they could easily, you know, take that one to the crib. So I, I think it's going to be a high scoring game for sure. The Packers and the Steelers got a rematch of a Super Bowl from like, what, 2010, I think? Yeah, yeah. Back when we were in seventh grade. Oh, <laughs> so this one, I mean, <laughs> the Steelers, you know, playing weird. I don't know. That's the only way I can say it. They, Seems like they play to their competition no matter, you know, the last couple of years, no matter who they're playing, you know, fresh off a loss to the Bengals. I think they're going to come back and be a little bit better, but I'm still going to take Aaron Rodgers and company. Yeah, same, man. I'm going with Aaron Rodgers and and the Packers. And the thing, the thing is, I can see this going south. Even though the Steelers didn't have a good game last year, and Ben Roethlisberger looks horrible, and he looks slow when he looked old, and et cetera, et cetera, right? The, the Packers have just been so like, like I said, my, uh, what kind of friend, what kind of I say franchise, what kind of team they've been? They've been a procrastinating team as far as the first half. <laughs> like, yep, they don't, they can do a lot more. It's like they almost, they just choose not to. Like they, they choose to have okay, we're gonna have like a certain amount of mistakes in the game. Okay, we're gonna have them all in the first half, you know. But then, like, when somebody puts some fire into them, when the due date to win is like arrived, then they're gonna do scramble and do all they can to win, and then they eventually do. I'm going with the Packers. All that said, I am going with the Packers, but I, I will say this: I'm not confident in it. They can be upset. Yeah, you know, I mean, especially with the that Steelers defense, you know, is always you know nice. I'm not sure what the Injury um, to TJ Watt, how long that's going to hold him out or not. But I mean, that, that was a big blow for them last week. They had a hard time, even against the Bengals, you know, sorry offensive line, really getting to the quarterback. But this next game, man, I think this is going to be one of the better games of the week. Oh, Ravens against the undefeated Broncos. And the Ravens haven't, you know, they didn't play their best football last week against the Lions. You know, yeah, they got a nice win over KC early in the year and everything, but hey, Broncos have a stellar defense. Teddy Two Gloves having a good time out there in Denver. I think it's going to be a tight game. Who are you picking? Man, I'm going with Teddy Two Gloves, and I'm going to Broncos. Okay, okay. You know, we finally got a difference. You know, I- I'm taking the Ravens in this one. I think they're going to put it together. <laughs> they're going to put it together and upset the Broncos? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't really call it an upset. Yeah, I'm, I say the upset the Broncos just because. Well, I'm just saying because they're undefeated. Okay, true. Yeah, if you look from that, yeah. And so I can see them being the Broncos. Like I said, the Ravens are a good team. They're solid. They have a good defense. They know their identity identity with offense. And if a team can't identify the Ravens what they're doing fast enough, the game is in trouble. Mm-hmm. The Ravens have potential to score like quickly if need be. And so, with the Broncos, I'm just more confident because they have they have a multitude of ways of doing so. They have more than one option. So, 
And then they've been on a roll. So that I mean, that's the reason and the defense is still it. So I'm going with the Bron- that's why I'm going with the Broncos. Hey. Fair enough, man. I I can't really uh give you too much pushback push back on that argument. Now, this game is the Sunday night game. It's a Sunday night game because of the storyline. I don't think the game itself, you know, is going to be that great. You got the Bucks and the Pats. Tom Brady coming back to Foxborough for the first time. Not in a Patriots uniform. I think Tom Brady's going to come out and just play like a madman. I think they're going to whop the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks are going to whop up on the Patriots. Oh, man. Okay, so I'm picking the Bucks. I say there's a little tension. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I say there's a little tension in my heart with this game, man. I don't even set this as a game to where, like, it's um, the Bucks versus the Patriots. I see it as Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick. Tom Brady is probably one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. I said probably. He is currently the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Bill Belichick is a defensive mastermind who coached Tom Brady. With that being said, I, I just have to feel like I just have there just has to be some kind of connection, something to where Bill Belichick knows because he knows what Tom Brady's thinking, or he knows how he's going to read a certain defense or something. They played together for twenty years. There's no way you coexist with somebody for that long and not know something of what they're thinking. Not everything, but just something. Hey, like like you said, I I, I agree with uh, the fact that it's going to be Tom versus Bill. I think that they're going to just both have different, completely different attitudes going to the game. I feel like Bill is going to come in, you know, try to be like, oh, you know, it's, you know, yeah, it's a big game, whatever, but, you know, we got to go out there and handle business. But in the back of his mind, he wants to beat Tom Brady, for sure. He wants to make it look like he won the divorce, which Tom Brady has so far has definitely won this divorce. Definitely. Let's go out and win the Super Bowl in a new team in their home stadium for the first time. First year, too. What'd you say? I said, in, in the first year, too? Yeah, man, that's, yeah. While Bill Belichick and them didn't even make the playoffs? Yeah, it's over. Like, <laughs> the competition is over. Looking to the last game we have here on the ballot, the Monday night game, Raiders and the Chargers. And the Raiders have come out and just surprised people. Derek Carr has been off to an hot, amazing start. But the Chargers, man, they're, they're going to be at home. It's going to be a, I think it's going to be a tight game. Feel like it's gonna kind of go tit for tat. Um, I'm gonna take the Chargers, but not by much. See, another difference we got, man. I'm going with the Raiders this time. Oh, okay, okay. And you know, I remember last week. I think I, uh, I think I went to the Raiders for last week, and I was skeptical about Derek Carr's supposed injury, which I guess is just fine. Um, it's like uh, John Gruden has stated, so. Uh, now that I think we're in the clear for that, the, the Raiders have just been on a tear. Derek Carr right now is playing so well that he's, in my mind, he's an MVP front runner right now. I know it's only three games into the season, mm-hmm. and we kind of don't really come up with those so early. But as, if we were to make it up right now, it's probably Derek Carr, and another one guy that might be one of those is probably Dak Prescott. These guys are playing great. He's playing his best football. And behind a not-so-great offensive line, and his starting running back is out. So he's doing a lot 
with not everything he came, he started with. So you still have Waller, you still have um, your defense, who's not the best, but the opportunistic. He's you know, definitely playing a lot better than they have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Especially I, that uh, defensive line. They're getting a lot of uh, a lot of pressure when the last two years they've been like the worst. Them and the Titans have been like the worst teams for uh, putting pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, man. So like I said, they're opportunistic kind of defense, man. Um, say, come to play, like you said, the D-line's been putting a lot of pressure uh, on other quarterbacks that they play. And I'm taking the Raiders for this game. Hey. Fair enough. Yo, that's all of our pickums. I mean, hey, all we got left for y'all is who's hot and who's not. And I want to get to that right now because I'm picking Derek Carr as who's hot. Derek Carr is just, like you said, you know, one of the early season front runners, having the best start to his career, you know, already thrown. He's thrown for like over 300 yards in every single game. The only quarterback in the league to do that. He already has 1,200 passing yards and six touchdowns. I mean, he's – it's just playing the best version of, you know, Derek Carr that we've seen. I think he's going to continue to play very well. And I think he's going to have a, a career setting year for sure. Man, I hope so, man. And I don't know who's not list, man. It's Big Ben. Tragic. The the, the standing statue, man. The, how old is Big Ben? 37, I want to say. Um, Big Ben... He's around that age, and so yeah, he 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 he's got to be uh, around there. Hold on, let me see if uh, if I click this little thing right here if it tells me how old he is. He's thirty nine. He oh, he is thirty nine, and so you know the crazy thing about Tom Brady is why people love Tom Brady. He's giving a lot of the older guys hope. You know <laughs> that maybe if I stick around this long, maybe I can play just like him. Man, Big Ben was contemplating retiring. Two years ago, I think, and yep. it probably would have been for you know for the best for the betterment of him and his career. He probably should have retired after that 2018 season. Big Ben running around with the ball in his hand looked like a, a fat man running around with a loaf of bread. Man, it was falling out of nowhere. He looked like Jameis Winston catching the Holy Ghost, just tripping up under his own feet trying to throw the ball. Man, it was tragic to see. Like it was tragic, and so yeah, now nah, Big Ben's definitely on the who's not for this uh, for this week. Yeah, he's got a 35 QBR. He's already been sacked eight times. He's ne- definitely not having a hot start to his 2021 campaign. He's scaring the life out of a, a legendary coach in Mike Tomlin because <laughs> he's like, oh, my goodness, my record for, for being a 500 team could be in jeopardy. Like, never being below a 500 could be in jeopardy. So um, we'll see. Let me, let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. So if Ben continues to play like this, do you think they'll keep starting him? Yeah, he's got legacy. I think I think they're going to start him. I mean, what what are you going to put in Mason Rudolph? You've already seen what that looks like when Big Ben was hurt. You were forced to play him. You might as well just let Big Ben go out. You know, pat his stats as much as he wants. You know, if he can throw for thirty touchdowns this year or something like that. You know, cool. That'll just help him out because he already has three hundred and ninety nine for his career. So I'm sure next week he'll hit four hundred. You know, that'll be another milestone. But yeah, I think he. I think he's gonna. They're gonna continue to give him burn until he retires, and they're gonna be forced to go out and find the future under center. All right, man. Well, that looks like that. <laughs> that settles that then. And we'll look at everybody, man. This has been all for our episode. Vente Ocho. Yeah, Vente Ocho. Twenty eight. Vont we? 
Yeah, man, that's been all for this episode, man. So follow us on The Break Room, H-O-U, on Twitter and the.breakroom.podcast on Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at the.3.thelast <laughs> underscore king. There we go. There we man, go. you just need to change your thing to Charles Carter the third. <laughs> literally, man, literally. Okay, and follow my boy Evan. Yeah, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Evan Schumar TV. That's S-H-U-M. A-R-D. And I also want to let y'all know, if y'all know any high school recruits, or if you are high school, you know, recruiting, you know, you feel like you're getting uh, not as much attention as you deserve, shoot me your film, man. Go ahead, uh, hit me in the DMs, whether it's you, your parents, you know, your grandma, whatever. Hit me up in the DMs, or, you know, I did post something. There's a little thread over there. You can drop your stuff down there below. I'm uh, just trying to help y'all get a little bit more exposure out here. And uh, would like to thank y'all for, you know, listening to our Zoom edition of this podcast. Thanks. Hey, man. Yeah, man. Shout out to Evan, man. man. Shout out to you, man, for doing it for the city, man. Doing it for the people of the city. Kids of the oh, city. yeah. Got to, man. Got to. There's too much talent out here. And, you know, it's hard for these coaches to get their eyes on everybody. But, hey, if I can help out whatever way I can, I definitely will. Yeah, man. So, yeah, man, like you said, man, just shoot him a DM of your film, man. It, he'll probably write up something, like, great for you, man. So. Y'all take it easy, man. Follow us also on uh, Facebook if you haven't. Tell your friends, tell your partner, tell your cousin, everybody on The Break Room Podcast 1. So, man, take it easy. Subscribe to all our um, all our channels on, you know, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts from, man. This has been The Break Room Podcast, episode 28. Take it easy. Still up on top. I've been had the